Welcome back to Football on the 40. I'm Jake. We also have Andrew, Bowen, and Kevin here as always. What's up, guys? How's it going? Hey, hey. Hey. So in the last week, there has been a massive announcement. Uh, the Longhorn faithful have been waiting for for a while. A perfect rated quarterback recruit and former South Lake Carroll standout, redshirt freshman and Ohio State transfer, the man with the mullet, 6'2", 206-pound Quinn Ewers has been named the QB1 for the Texas Longhorns. In light of this news, let's jump right in. What do y'all think about Quinn being chosen over Hudson Card? More like QE1, am I right? Get it? Oh, gosh. That's <laughs> nice. That's tough. Nice. <laughs> My dad jokes are only going to get better. Um, <laughs> no, on a serious note, I think this definitely raises our ceiling of our offense, our offensive potential, but it also lowers the floor. There's more of a variance of what can happen with Quinn, um, which I'm here for. I'd rather be risky because um, if we go with Hudson, I think we're just kind of limited and that's not fun. Um, you know, for a while it felt inevitable um, that, that Quinn was going to be the starter. And then last week it just, Hudson kind of started there's there was some smoke with Hudson uh, being QB1 and then Sark kind of shocked us all on, on Friday uh, announcing Quinn being the quarterback but uh hey Bo um, I heard you had a conspiracy theory about this yeah I, I felt like it might have been like a Mensa level move by Sark to try to weed out some potential moles within within the staff some feeding some uh misinformation to to a few folks to uh to try to see who might be might be giving you news to various ut media outlets but nothing's come out yet i have at least i haven't seen any resignations or or, or new new uh new positions so might just be might just be a conspiracy theory because there was a very prominent like texas analyst writer podcaster that what did he post like the Elmo on fire on Thursday or Wednesday? Yeah, where... he 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 basically said something along the lines of like things are going to be on fire or like the pitchforks are going to be out and like I'm all for it or something like that, like really, really trying to rile folks up. And, you know, from time to time when when these various media outlets like post more like clickbaity stuff, a lot of times I tell the guys, I'm like, you know, it's towards the end of the month. They're really trying to drive subs count sub counts up. They're behind on their numbers. That's what they're look, looking to do. So maybe it's just another one of those right before the season starts. They're seeing the efficacy of some of their tweets on subscriber count and seeing um, how they can drive numbers up. So I, who knows? I think, but at I the end of the someone, day, I think someone did day, give him bad intel though. Sorry, because he, the next day he was like, I'm going to kill my, oh, kill, yeah. but he was like, yeah, I have. True a bone to pick with my source like it, yeah. not gonna name you but you told me the wrong thing yeah who knows maybe maybe a nice acting job but i was just gonna say at the end of the day i feel like we're all pretty happy about the you know end result even though it was a bit of a interesting roller coaster to get there and aside from the prominent analyst that got it wrong i've been reading and watching a lot of commentary on how the team has done in fall camp and there were a lot of writers that were having their eyes open to that it really could be Hudson Card because the timing and accuracy of his throws did seem to be a little bit better than Quinn. So 
I was a little bit surprised that that one analyst said it's going to be it's going to be Hudson and then Sark named named Quinn but when I thought back to a previous podcast that we did earlier this year and talked about this after Quinn came on campus and started practicing all of us you know consensus was it's just a matter of time like his ceiling's so high you got to go with him it was an interesting last few weeks though because it, it did seem and it's all credit to Sarkeesian like the QB battle was legit and it was very competitive so I take solace in that because you know football's a a tough game and and Quinn could definitely be be hurt and Sarkeesian today in his media availability said that he was like at some point like we're gonna need Hudson card to win a championship this year so we need him to stay engaged and and keep keep practicing hard and whatnot but I'm excited like Quinn's a big deal it was awesome when he joined and it'll be cool to have him lead the team but um, I'm not totally blind to the opportunities for interceptions that he's going to give us with his like apparent gunslinging mentality. So I think your mention about like it raises the ceiling and lowers the floor. Andrew is, is very true, but especially in the first few games, like, I don't think, I don't think either quarterback, regardless of who starts is, is going to change the outcome of the first couple games. What do y'all think? I mean, I, I think I agree overall, but I do think that Quinn was like Sark's guy. He went after him. He got him. He fits the the big offense style that Sark has. The you know the gunslinger. I I I I really think that sure there was a the, there was a competition, but I still think that it was never truly fifty fifty, um, even in his mind. But you know we never know about that. So I also saw that like. Um, that after the scrimmage, I think it was on Saturday, that Quinn and Xavier stayed after and were just like getting lots of extra reps in. And then the whole like their roommates thing came up again. And <laughs> how many references to that is going to happen in the first couple games of the season? Oh, like, that's uh, why you guys were comparing <laughs> to McCoy and Shipley. Yeah, Colt and Shipley. Okay. But, that's pretty um, cool that they live together, though. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And then, and then one, uh, one of our listeners actually reached out to me and said we should all get bleach blonde mullet wigs and just like make that our thing. I don't know. What do y'all think about that? I I almost went and bought one today. Actually, I was <laughs> looking. I was looking online, and Walmart and Target near me did not have them in stock. So I was gonna wear one during the recording. But <laughs> that'd be Dang. epic. Is it? Dang. Is this a? Is it a jinx or a reverse jinx to say if we beat Bama, we should all get blonde mullets? Is that a jinx? I feel like no, because it's like an if. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of students wearing blonde mullets. Yeah, there there will be some some sightings. One more thing, do the real thing. Why not just grow your hair out and bleach it blonde? Takes a long time. Oh my god. Yeah. One. (laughs) That would. One more thing on the on the Quinn, uh, the Quinn selection and impact on the season, so. I was also thinking about how does this impact Bijan, right? And does it concern you all that in order to pass and get the ball to Bijan's hands, Quinn has to check down and he has a tendency to want to throw it 80 yards in the air, regardless of interception risk. Do you think Quinn's going to have to learn to check down to Bijan or is that going to be easy for him right off the bat? Because he likes to throw the ball hard and far. Is Bijan getting less ball early on? I don't, well, 
I think there's two parts to that. I, I think Quinn is going to be – he's going to more willingly want to ch- chunk it than check it down. But I think Sark is going to call more plays for Bijan as a result. So they kind of counteract each other, if that makes sense. Yeah. Something to watch. Awesome. Um, yeah, let, let's move on. We wanted to do something a little different in this uh, last preseason episode we had. We kind of wanted to take a look at the state of college football as a whole and just look at a, diff- a few different um, things that are going on, like NIL, uh, NCAA's role in college football, uh, realignment, things like that. So um, I just wanted to jump in and ask uh, a question off, off of the top. Um, I think the answer is no, but do y'all think realignment with the USC, UCLA, Texas, and Oklahoma uh, moves, do, do y'all think realignment's over at this point? In what mentioned- time frame? Oh, that's a good question. Like in the next, in the next, let's say like next year or two. When, when tech, assuming, assuming we go in 2024, 2025, and USC, UCLA goes in 2024, let, let's say like in the next year to two years. I think it's pretty well solidified. You might see like one or two teams announce that they're going to move, but for the major, or for the most part, the Blue Bloods have made their decisions public. I think, and, I, oh, go ahead, Kev. I was going to say, if who's a team? If Oregon State makes an announcement, that doesn't make news, and you wouldn't consider that like a, making waves in the college football landscape. So because the major schools have decided, I would say we've, we've heard for yeah. the most part what we're going to hear. Yeah, but, but no one's courting Oregon State. So that, that's not really going to happen because you have to have a big conference going after the big school to do it. So does Oregon make waves? Maybe Oregon State, no, they're, they're not going to really get sought after unless they get packaged in. So I agree with you, but I just don't really think that's going to happen unless there's like a Pac-12, Big 12 merger. I, I think Notre Dame holds the key here. Um, to Honestly, if Notre Dame stays independent, they're going to stay independent as long as they want. They're As long as they can, I mean. But if they feel like they're going to get left out of the playoff, they're going to join the Big Ten. And if they do that, the Big Ten and the SEC especially will be so far ahead of the ACC and Big 12. Pac-12 is already done. But the ACC and the Big 12, that it, it were truly two, the two super conferences at that point. So you're hinting at you think the domino that needs to fall to get Notre Dame to move is the college football playoff would need to announce a wider playoff system based on major conferences. Nothing's going to happen until 2025 with the playoff committee, because at this point, there's no consensus. But I'm never going to underestimate Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner. And at this point, Kevin Warren, the Big Ten commissioner, is also making some really big moves. I think the two of them are going to basically team up and say, it's our way or none of you, or we'll just go play our own our own uh, playoff. And then they'll have to fall in line and take their spot or two, and that could be detrimental to Notre Dame. Yeah. Going back to Quinn, um, I wanted to say this real quick about him. He was the number six trending topic on Twitter when he – or when it was announced that – he was going to be QB one. So for all the people that say that we're not relevant, we're still <laughs> hashtag relevant. Um, hashtag. Yeah. Hashtag. You got to throw that in there. Um, so yeah, the first games are coming up this weekend, this Saturday, everyone's rejoicing. 
not a lot of great games, but North, Nebraska and Northwestern and uh, Dublin is going to be pretty cool. Um, but really what I'm excited about is um, is West Virginia and Pitt, uh, Penn State and Purdue, and the other games uh, the first Thursday uh, of college football, which is September 1st. I think it's the best opening Thursday night of college football ever. There's so many good quality games. Uh, there's six other Power Five games that that game uh, that day, so I, I'm really looking forward to next Thursday. I think the Nebraska Northwestern callout would pique the interest of some Texas fans because Casey Thompson has been named the starter at Nebraska, so I, I'll be watching that one. Also, while I was doing some prep right, for our good. season, I looked at Oklahoma's schedule, and Oklahoma plays Nebraska also, so Casey's got some big tv games coming up before he does his big 10 schedule so interesting stuff jake when you mentioned the go ahead i was just gonna say the west virginia pit game is pretty cool because uh that's a huge rivalry um that ended when west virginia came to the big 12s similar to the texas and a&m rivalry coming to an end and this is the first time they've done it again um and so I, I think it's pretty cool that that game's happening. But what were you going to say, Kev? I was going to bring it back to the Big Ten SEC potentially leaving the status quo system, the status quo playoff system, and doing something on their own. Um, so to prep for this segment, I did some Googling on um, what the college football playoff actually is and a little bit of recent history on how national championships are awarded in college football. And it's not like I found a conspiracy theory or anything, but I did realize something and, and learn something that I thought was really interesting. And it's that college football is the only major sport in college where the championship is not awarded by the NCAA. Correct. And in recent memory, obviously we have the creation of the college football playoffs. So the first question I asked in my research was, okay, when was the last time the NCAA did award the national championship for this sport? And I ran out of time, (laughs) but that has been occurring for like since the mid eighties. So from 86 to 2014, the national championship in college football was awarded by the American football coaches association. Um, So the notion of minimal NCAA involvement in college football has actually been uh, a factor for a really long time. And the best I can tell, the only thing the NCAA does for football is they make the rules and they regulate the players and coaches. And I feel pretty confident that the sport could live on and, and dwell without NCAA involvement. I think, I don't feel like yeah. that's too controversial, but it blew my yeah. mind that NCAA doesn't award the national championship. The NCAA does very little with college football and has done very little, but yet they still have the power to punish schools and players and set rules but then they didn't set rules in a timely manner for nil and they basically just fumbled everything and they're horrible and their leadership is horrible and mark emmert is finally leaving and he needs to and yes the ncaa sucks and the only thing they do well is march madness this is this is a very uh, pro ncaa podcast if you can't tell <laughs> nobody is pro ncaa <laughs> the only the only bad thing I have to say about NIL is we didn't get Bijanes sooner. Do you guys have Bijanes in your Bijanes? 
<laughs> isn't it like isn't it like Dijon mustard? Yeah, yeah Bijan Bijan Mustardson. Mustardson. <laughs> Bijan Mustardson. So wait, it's not called Bijan Hayes? No, it's no. Bijan Mustardson. Oh gosh. <laughs> I haven't looked at H E B yet, but if I see it in stores, I'm definitely buying that. One of one of our friends was like, golly, these NIL deals are killing us. Um he ordered one online for I think it was seven dollars and the shipping was eight dollars. And he was like, I can't be throwing fifteen dollars on mustard. For Bijanese. <laughs> And then there's also someone sent a video last week, this uh, freshman, I think his first name is DeColdest, and he's doing ads for a local uh, AC company. It's like, make your house DeColdest. Yeah, I, I saw that one. There's, there's one for Kansas State that's really funny, too, um, that they did like this porta potty commercial. I can't remember... Oh, it's Deuce Vaughn. Yeah, it's Deuce Vaughn. No. And it's like a port. Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's a porta potty commercial, and it's like Deuce Vaughn, and oh, I don't remember the other guy's name. And um, it's for like a local porta potty company in like Manhattan, Kansas. Um, and it's like there's a sign on the door, and it says no deuces allowed, and he's like not allowed to use the porta. It's really funny. I I recommend you go watch it, but. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it, did y'all want to say anything else about the state of college football? I don't, but it's a topic maybe we should rehash at the end of the season because there's a lot of change coming. And uh, if there is significant alterations to leave a lot of teams out, and I think piss off, so it's something steps on for sure. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think if you look back a couple years, um, we couldn't have predicted where we are now. And I think the same is going to happen over the next couple of years. Uh, but good stuff. We're going to take a quick break and then uh, we're going to get into a little bit of the upcoming Longhorn football season and some predictions. So we'll be back after this short break. Thanks for sticking with us through the break and we're back. So for this next segment, we would like to do a little bit of a season preview and together go game by game with season predictions, uh, totaling to total win loss amounts for the Texas team in 2022. Uh, so I'm gonna ask everybody to quickly comment on some of their predictions that we've prepared and we'll get into maybe where we disagree about the outcome of a game that's on our schedule this season. Um, so we're going to go through these quickly. Week one, we have Louisiana Monroe in Austin. Uh, I will breeze over this one because all of us think and believe we will win that first game, leaving us at 1-0 against Alabama in week two in Austin. <laughs> Unfortunately, the outcomes of this game are uh, all the same from us to with everyone predicting a loss. I'm going to pause a little bit on this one. Um, Bowen, maybe talk to me about your psyche as a fan anticipating Nick Saban and the number one Alabama team coming to Austin. Yeah, this one this one was tough for me. I feel like it's a confluence of different factors. When I was first going through like the predictions game by game, I actually did naively maybe mark this as a win for us. And I was like, just kind of like not even it's like one of those like 
lightning round kind of reaction things. It's like, what's the result going to be against Bama? Win, you know, that's like how I felt about it. But then as I went through the whole body of the season, I was just kind of like, you know, if we win against Bama based on, and we'll get to this, the rest of this too, I feel like we'll have like a nine and three season. I was like, nine and three just feels way too optimistic. But I don't know. It's like a ton of different things, right? When you talk about the psyche, the things I was balancing was, you know, if we play well against Louisiana Monroe, we'll likely be ranked since we were, like Jake said last week, we were the second highest vote getter that wasn't ranked. Um, so Bam is going to be coming in. Saban's homecoming. It's also my wife's birthday on that day. So like good mojo. We're going to have Jake's hot dog party that morning as well. So like we're going to go in there with great vibes. But unfortunately, I feel like despite all that, the Crimson Tide is just going to just going to flood our hopes and dreams. We do have a pretty good record with Jake's hot dog party and uh, (laughs) big home games. Just uh, throwing that out there. Is it the third? The third annual? This is the fourth iteration. Um, In the first three, we went two and one. And the one loss was to the LSU national championship team. So, wow. I'll never be able to wipe that memory from my game. And from not, my mind i do see some parallels between the lsu matchup and this one because they were the eventual national champions and despite losing we in retrospect maybe felt like we felt pretty good about how we stacked up against that lsu team losing by seven i believe so not to dwell uh, on bama too much like if we all think we're going to lose as fans what outcome would we accept as an indication that we're trending upward Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think if we keep it close, I mean, that's a pretty generic answer. I mean, I feel like if Quinn still plays well, we lose because of a few maybe miscues or mistakes, but it was, you know, we were kind of in control of our destiny. I mean, well, I think we'll feel great about that, but I feel like if we keep it close, cover the spread, you know, good teams win, great teams yeah. cover. So that would be nice. So I, I was going to say the key though to that LSU um loss was we followed that up with barely beating Tulsa. Um I believe. Am I am I getting my years right? I think we beat Tulsa no, by six. You're, you're you're getting your years. USC. I'm one. getting am I getting the USC one? It was a USC game. Yeah that was the USC board. year. Uh okay. But anyway <laughs> we have Good a team take. better than Tulsa week three. <laughs> Good that take. was rough. That was a rough game. Okay. Coming out of Bama we all think we'll be one and one Week three is also in DKR playing against UTSA, who I believe won their conference last year. All of us agree that we will win that game. Uh, week four is our first away game at Texas Tech. We have a little bit of disagreement on this one with uh, myself, Jake, and Bowen picking a win and Andy picking a loss. So, Andy, where's your heart at when we say we're going to lose to Texas Tech? Well, I don't like Tech. That's one thing. Uh, it's just, it's hard to play in Lubbock. It's a uh, new coach for tech. So you don't know what type of style of offense, defense they're going to be playing. And, you know, Sark is not very good on the road, at least in Texas. So he hasn't proven, proven himself yet. And I would like to see that first. I, I read a quick article about tech's quarterbacks before I made my pick here. And their new head coach claims that they have the best quarterback room in the country and that he expects all three of their quarterbacks to get meaningful snaps this year. <laughs> so 
Enjoy that, fans. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so next up after Tech, uh, we have West Virginia and DKR. Consensus here again. We all believe that will be a win. Uh, and that brings us to OU Weekend in Dallas. Bit of disagreement on this one. Myself, Andy, and Jake are picking a win. That's a pretty big confidence ratio for us uh, with Bowen picking a loss. So, Bo, what are you seeing in the OU team or maybe just vibes in general that give you some heartburn about OU this year? Yeah, I don't know. I won't spend too much on this. I just feel like I needed to be the representative, just kind of simmer <laughs> us down a little bit. I feel like it's like what we talked about last week where, you know, we had kind of have some like rose tinted goggles on about the state of our team and maybe the state of disarray that we feel like is coming from Norman. But I think we're going to get a reality check here and up in Dallas. That that's just that's just Bowen being um, just hoping Kirk Herbstreet puts something besides the horns after Des the guest picker and Lee have all said the horns. Just, you just don't want it across the board. <laughs> it's and true. It's true. Andrew, as someone that's been to that game upwards of 20 times, speak to why Texas fans should be confident about playing Oklahoma this season, despite their preseason tops, top 10 ranking. I mean, I just think OU's overrated. The, they lost a lot of talent. Lincoln Riley is a really good coach, despite what they say. And, you know, Venables might be a really good coach. We don't know. We'll we'll see. But I think he's going to have to be the same level of coach as Riley was in order for them to beat us this year. And I, that's a pretty big assumption. And, you know, we're, we, we have revenge on our minds. So I think I think we um, I think we pull it out this year. OK. So following playing Oklahoma and Dallas, we have Iowa State in Austin. Uh, Bowen is the only one that is picking a loss against Iowa State. Uh, myself, Andrew, and Jake are picking win. Jake, do you think Bowen's pick of us losing against Iowa State is reasonable? I, I mean, I think this is the game that if we lose, we're headed to five and seven again, or or maybe six and six. Like Iowa State is not good. It should not be good this year. I mean, their coach Matt Campbell's a great coach. That's been proven, but like. They lost their quarterback. They lost their best running back. They lost, I mean, they lost everything. So I would say it should not be good this year. Um, but if they are and we lose, yeah, we're headed to five and seven, six and six range. Following the Iowa State game, we have an away game that I think will be tough against Oklahoma State. I'm the only one out of us four that picked a loss here uh, with Andrew, Jake, and Bo picking a win. What, I guess... Oklahoma State, I believe, is ranked in the top 15 in the AP poll. Mike Gundy's a great coach. Do you think I'm off base? Uh, Bowen picking a loss against Oklahoma State. I guess it's reasonable. Um, they're like the third, and we'll get into this in betting corner. They're like the, they have the third highest uh, Vegas odds of winning the Big 12 behind us and OU. So, you know, based on that, I feel like. It's, it's not unreasonable, and Stillwater's never an easy environment. So I'm not, I'm not too – I don't have too many strong feelings against, against your pick. I'm hopeful, and but – This I is getting into the state of the season where, like, it's so far away. There's so much football that we haven't had the chance to watch yet. For me, these last five or six were so hard to choose. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. 
after Oklahoma State, we have our bye week that will give us that chance to kind of look back and reassess on the season. And we return with an away game in Manhattan, Kansas, which has been a tough location for us over the years against Kansas State. Bowen's actually the only person here that picked a win. Maybe, Andrew, I'll, I'll pick on you. Uh, why should the Texas fan be questioning this matchup going into this game? Honestly, we've had Kansas State's number the last few years, so the tide has kind of turned on us uh, in, a, in a positive direction. But, you know, they have Deuce. He's one of the best running backs in the country. Um, Adrian Martinez from Nebraska transferred to Kansas State. They're going to be pretty good. Um, I just feel like I had to throw in a loss here, but I, I definitely can see us winning. But I, it's it's never easy winning in Manhattan. Isn't Deuce on that uh, preseason All American team with Bijan? Yeah, he's second team AP preseason running back, one of the two. So that means they have uh, they have him as one of the four best running backs in the. Or no, no, he's he's like all purpose player or something. Like they didn't they list him, him as the, a running flex back or something. Yeah, flex position basically is what they had him in. Yeah, they, I think he was uh, second team though. What is he sponsored by? Porter Potties. <laughs> <laughs> Big Porter Potty guy following the kansas state game we have tcu at home all of us feel like we're going to win that game after the tcu game we have an interesting away game at kansas we will probably receive lots of flack from their fans but the consensus here is that we will win that game the last game of the regular season is against baylor in austin and andrew is actually the only person that's picking a win that game andrew explain to me why you're confident about beating a, a solid Baylor team this year. Yeah, Baylor's going to be good, even though they lost a lot of talent. It's the last game of the year. I, um, If you just look at my predictions up to this point, I have us losing three losses or having three losses. And uh, I think we're just going to be on such a momentum um, after the Tech game that it's going to carry us over and we're going to beat the Baylor Bears. Hope so. That would be a good end to the season. So I'll open it up. Are we making the Big 12 championship? Do we even need to pick that game? Yes. Yes. And what will the outcome be? Who will be playing? Who would be a match? I, I actually think uh, I, I'm on the K-State train. I think K-State is a true dark horse to win the Big 12 this year, or at least make an appearance in the championship. Um, I, I think I'm going to say Texas versus Kansas State. That's a very unpopular pick. Take wow. it to the bank in the betting corner. Um, or maybe Baylor. But I do think we make it. And, you know, who knows? Sure, we win. This is December, so I have no idea. Championships in Austin. And that's yeah. that's our review of the season. I will uh, avoid making yet another Porter Potty joke on behalf of Kansas State. And we've got one more ad for you. So stay with us after the break. Thanks. This week's episode of Football on the 40 is brought to you by Stone Creek Ranch, a pleasant return to simpler times. Come to Stone Creek Ranch to enjoy activities ranging from riding Zero Dark Horsey, playing craps and landmines, watching your favorite team lose to Maryland on the indoor big screen, and coating the bar with sticky margaritas. Stone Creek Ranch, where dreams come true. And we're back. This next segment, we're going to be going into our 
award-winning betting corner segment. So if you all recall from our first season, we had a bit of a, a team sport to decide uh, with individual awards. Um, as a team, finished definitely in the red. We're going to have some format changes this season. This season, we're going to be um, not talking in absolute dollar amounts, but we're going to be talking in betting units. And I think the most important thing and the biggest change is that we'll be using real dollars, real dinero on the line. So, and this season will be all individual as well. So it's going to be an interesting competition to see who does the best this season, who comes out on top. Um, if you recall from season one, our betting corner champion was Kevin Mathis with a total win of negative 235.45 bow coin. Let's so go. Hopefully, hopefully we don't replicate that. The way that the that winner will be determined this season is going to be on a number of units up. So we each have our own defined number of units that we're wagering on a per week basis. We're maxing out at 10 units per week. Um, but a unit is is different to everyone, but we're just going to be talking in, in in units in terms of, you know, who's up, who's down. Um, so yeah, looking forward to it. I think, you know, we'll have a, we'll have an interesting uh, layout. I'll be keeping track of it on a weekly basis and we'll keep, we'll keep our listeners. We'll keep y'all um, up to date on who's winning, who's losing, who might need to take out a loan or, you know, what that might look like. So looking forward, looking forward to this season. We're going to start this week. Um, mostly looking at futures next week we'll go into some of the week one matchups but this week we'll we'll take a look at futures if anyone has any interesting bets um that's what we'll uh we'll start with um i took a look at some of the early odds um and i'll kind of go through some of the some of the big ones i won't go through all of these stats necessarily but um for like over under win total for us it's at eight and a half um, and then we're plus 290 to win the Big 12. So that's, you know, three to one, essentially. OU is two to one, essentially, plus 190 above us. And then, as mentioned earlier, Oklahoma State is plus 550. Right now, we're plus 5,000 to win the national championship. Um, and then in terms of Heisman, which is the last one I'll take a look at. So CJ Stroud is the front runner for Heisman right now. He's at plus 220, followed by Bryce Young at plus 380. I think the two Longhorns that might be interesting to take a look at is Bijan. Obviously, he's at plus two thousand, um, and then Quinn. He is at plus thirty five hundred. Um, so compared to a couple weeks ago, Quinn was at like plus sixty five hundred because that was you know before started was announced. So obviously a big change there. Um, but yeah, those are some of the some of the big the big odds there. Um, but what what are you guys liking, Jake? I guess I can start with you. And if there's anything that you want me to pull up, I'm, I'm happy to do so as well. Yeah, and I'll, I'll tag team that with you too, Bo, so we can get some odds out there. Um, I was just going to say, when when Bowen says plus 3,500, if some of you are not gamblers, that means 35 to 1. Um, if you put up $1, you win $35. Or you put up one unit, you win 35 units. So just just throwing that out there. Yeah, I want to I wanna jump right out there. Um Let's let's start with uh, let's start with the Heisman. If anybody has any Heisman bets, I have one. Um, I'm really high on Tennessee this year and over the next few years. I think um, Tennessee is going to win the SEC East in the next three years. Maybe not this year, but Georgia fans, you better watch out. And they have a pretty good quarterback, so I'm going to take Hendon Hooker plus 6600 
um, for one unit. I've never even heard of that person. Did you not watch college football last year, Kev? <laughs> I didn't watch tennis. Kev, He's actually Kev, a pretty, Kev, good, pretty good quarterback. Kev, yeah, I'm kind of with you. That, that sounds made up. Some but, people say he's one of the. Some people say he's like one of the best SEC quarterbacks. Most people think he's one of the top SEC quarterbacks. What are his SEC. odds again? One more time. Plus sixty six hundred. All right, y'all. I take I I take this stuff pretty seriously. So if if y'all aren't ready, then that's a good jump, return. Hey. Jump jump out of the jump out of the pod now. Jump out of the competition now if you're not ready for seriousness. Yeah. I'm hey, ready. I got two. I got two Heisman bets right here. Um. So I think this year could be the first year since 1997 that a defensive player wins the Heisman. Um, and the reason why I think that is because Will Anderson last year had a lot of hype, did not get invited to New York, but a lot of people know his name already. And I think he's going to put up similar numbers to last year, and there's going to be a lot of cloudiness with other um, offensive talent across the country, including his teammate Bryce Young. So I'm going to put one unit on Will Anderson to win the Heisman at plus 2,000. And then I'm going to put one unit on Bijan to win the Heisman for plus 2,000 because I got to have a Texas guy on there. Like this. I'm, I'm going to meet you there with the, the Bijan bet. I'm going to put two units on Bijan. I think that this is going to be his last season in Austin. And my brain tells me don't do that because we are likely starting two or three offensive linemen. But if there's ever a year to bet on Bijan for that, I think it's this one. So I'm going to put two units on Bijan and also two units on the Alabama quarterback, Bryce Young. Heisman's don't repeat. You want to bet for me, Jake? (laughs) Sorry. Um... Jake will win that bet. (laughs) Bowen, do you have any Heisman? Oh yeah, that's another change this season. This season I'll be playing. So sad about that. I didn't mention that earlier. Um, yeah, I, I like I like Bijan. I'm gonna put two units on on him as well for Heisman. Cool. I have one that I don't know that anyone else is gonna a couple that no one else is gonna go out on. And so I want to go ahead and get those out there. I think Utah is gonna win the Pac-12. I'd like to put one unit plus two fifty on Utah winning the Pac-12. And also, uh, I said it earlier. I think Kansas State is going to at least make the big 12 championship. And so I would like to put one unit on Kansas state, making the big 12 championship, not winning it, making it plus four fifty. That's a bold bet. Although the odds are higher at plus five fifty, I would like to put three units on OSU winning the big 12 championship. I think they're going to be good this year and I'm hoping that OU doesn't just win it for no reason like every other year. So, yeah, three units on OSU to win our conference. For the Big 12, I have Baylor winning the Big 12 for two units. That goes against kind of what I said earlier with our predictions. But, you know, I'm, I'm just, hedging my, um, just hedging my bets right now. Two units <laughs> on Baylor. What about the win total? Uh, for who, for just any bets in general, for, for us, the eight and a half over under, I ain't touching that. Yeah. I didn't touch it either. Um, I would like to throw some down and not to bring the vibe down. Uh, but I would like (laughs) to put three units on under 8.5 wins for the Longhorns this season. 
And remember, in our prediction segment, I picked an eight and four regular season. So that's that's me under. believing in my picks. Yeah. Early, yeah. Earlier this summer, it was like eight, like right at eight. And I was like, oh, that's the safest over ever because I just don't think we're going to win seven games this year. But Oof, interesting. Eight and a half is a different story. I'm going to bet you got. I'm, I'm copying Kevin. I also like the under. I guess you could, I don't, I'm not really like a, a big emotional hedge better. And I think at the core of me, I don't feel like this is an emotional hedge, but you know, if at the end of the day, this does turn into emotional hedge, I wouldn't be the, you know, I wouldn't be too upset about it, but I, I'm, I'm taking it under here. I'll put three units on that as well. Cool. I have some over under wind totals that are not Texas that I'd like to put out there. Um, as we all know, betting on Bama is a great idea. Bama's over under win totals at 10 and a half. Bama would have to lose two games for me to lose. And they've only lost two games once in the last 11 years. Um, so I'm going to put two units on Bama on the over 10 and a half. Um, <laughs> I'm just and... laughing that they, <laughs> they've only lost two games. <laughs> Did you say once in the last 11 years? Once in the last 11 years. Oh my and... God. Uh, the other one, and I'd also like to put no one, no one gives Baylor any credit. Like they won the big 12 last year, guys. Uh, their over-unders at seven and a half. So I'm putting two units on the over seven and a half for Baylor. Um, I just said Baylor is going to win the uh, big 12 championship. How's that? No, not, 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 credit? not y'all like sports betting line people is what I'm talking about. Like the media, seven and a half. the media, the big media. Also, this one's going to kind of be a fun one. I want to see if anyone follows me on this one. Kansas under two and a half for one unit. Kansas is probably going to win zero to one conference games, and they're only going to be favored out of conference against, I think it's like Tennessee Tech or somebody. So, yeah, I'm going under. Speaking of emotional hedges, if their win over us puts them over the edge – that bet losing you that bet that's really gonna hurt that's really gonna hurt i i I don't even won't even care anymore if we lose to kansas (laughs) two years in a row he'll be numb he'll be numb at that point (laughs) what's the rest of y'all's bets i'm out yeah are you done jake my last one was just tennessee over seven and a half because i think they're really good this guy just loves orange and then, and then also I have a week one bet. I want to take Wyoming plus 10 versus Illinois, just so I have something to watch this. We're making week one bets? I thought that was for next week. No, th- well, it was the week, week zero, zero bets. Week zero. Oh, okay, gotcha. Is, so and that's, that is all of my massive amount of bets because I'm taking this seriously and y'all are all going to lose. <laughs> shaking in my boots. I literally won last season. I have nothing to worry about. <laughs> oh, you, you lost $235. <laughs> Coin, coin. But what do you got? I think those are. I'm just gonna take it nice and easy, kind of easing into it. I think I'm happy with my Bijan and under eight and a half. I feel like that's some healthy optimism for Bijan and some realism on the under. So, okay, start with that. Cool. I got a couple more real quick. Okay. Um, So going over under, uh, Pitt. They were really talented last year. They lost their quarterback. They lost their top receiver. Um, I don't think they will be nearly as good. Uh, their over-under is eight and a half. I'm going to go under for minus 105. Um, I got Bama winning the Natty. Uh, for, uh, for Pitt is two units. 
Bama two units to win the Natty at plus 180. And then my last bet that I haven't said yet is uh, I'm going to put two units on Mattress Mac giving away free furniture, also known as the Astros winning the World Series, <laughs> at plus 425. Very well said. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. How many units was that last one? Two units. Okay. Uh, that should be 10. I like it. I've I'm got that. We, we all have two friends that we don't have to name that would make like $3,000 if that happened. Well, would recoup $3,000 if that happened. <laughs> is, that, is that all, Bowen? Or does anybody have any units still in play? I think, I think y'all are all set. I have some, but I'm just going to kind of ease into it. You know, it's my, it's my first season as, as, the, as playing, so I don't have as much experience as y'all in, in betting corner. So, yeah, thanks for y'all's bets. I think I'll, I'll get these in. Um, and then, yeah, we'll, we'll track them, see how, see how, see how we do. I guess the only one that we'll see a result for next week is, um, Jake's week zero bet, but we'll check in on the other ones, um, throughout the course of the season as well. I'll, I'll be off to that early league. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for leading that segment. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to move into our last segment. Now, uh, we brought this back or we brought this into the pod for the first time last week with our mailbag. We're going to start doing that, um, every week. So send us in your questions. You can find a link in our Instagram bio, uh, to submit your questions and we will read a couple out each week. So I'm going to hand this over to Bowen, who is going to lead our mailbag segment. Cool. All right. We have one mailbag submission from Kevin McBrayer. He asks, now that Bijan dropped the very tasting looking Bijan Mustardson gourmet mustard product, what other UT football player condiment endorsements are we wanting? Are we thinking BB Ewer sauce, Roshan relish, Moro Ojomeo? What are y'all <laughs> thinking? Any any good in- products out there? Moro Ojomeo is pretty creative. I think that is a leader for the ones that he mapped out there. I'm trying to think any other pl- if any other players would make good catch up or something. But that makes that um, that makes it sound like it's OJ and Mayo mixed together. What? I don't know because it's pronounced Ojomo. So Ojo Mayo. I just I would I would think that. What is what is BB Ewer's sauce? What would that be? Like barbecue. Barbecue. Oh, Kevin, nice. <laughs> Nice. Honestly, honestly, those were pretty good. I don't think I'm going to be able to be more creative than Roshan yeah, Relish. That's pretty cool. All right. Thanks for the submission, Kevin. Appreciate the mailbag submission. Um, and yeah, like Jake mentioned, the mailbag submission will be in the link in our Instagram bio. Um, so please leave any feedback, any questions, or any mailbag submissions there. Thanks. And I'll pass it back to you, Mr. Jake. Awesome, guys. That brings us to the end of our podcast. Um, We will be back every Thursday throughout the fall football season to preview the upcoming football game and then have some fun takes like we did tonight. Um, Next week, we will be previewing the Louisiana Monroe game. So make sure you come back and listen to us weekly. Uh, I have to give a shout out to our producer, Hamilton, who puts this all together. And uh, we are definitely grateful for him. But that's it for today. Thank you all for listening. We'll catch you on the next Football on the 40. Hook them. All gas, baby.